0: Welcome patriots to our first full-length podcast with the Patriot Campaign. We're glad you're joining us. The goal of all of these, of course, is to talk about issues that are facing us today, and we're going to cut through the talking heads and the emotion, and we're going to talk about some fact, and we're going to talk about this from a standpoint of how do we get better as a nation? We, we uh, see all over the place that we want to do. We want get, to get the country back to where it was and be able to have conversations with each other. And we can't do that unless we're willing to take a topic, we're going to talk about it, I'm hoping you leave comments or or get in touch with us so you can let us know your thoughts, but we've got to actually sit down and do this. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, we need to have a conversation on whatever, and then we never have that conversation. So we're the group that's going to be having this conversation with you, and today we are talking about cultural appropriation. Now, before we really get into the nuts and bolts of it, we need to operate with kind of the understanding that, that the term cultural appropriation is now meant to mean... Uh, the idea of taking the, the elements or the, the, the pieces of a different culture and you're not asking for it. You're not asking permission to use those. And it's important to understand that it, it is synonymous in many cases with theft. And so we have to understand that the connotation of the word cultural appropriation brings up and, and conjures imagery of theft, of, of a culture, of a of a culture's identity. And so arguably it's a it's a uh, uh, contentious issue. If theft is involved, people are gonna get agitated. So let's talk about what that would be. But before Uh, Before we we get to an example that that actually just happened today, we're going to talk about some different individuals that had they not um, committed the unforgivable sin of cultural appropriation, wouldn't be who they are uh, today. We wouldn't be able to think of them today. And I want you to think of um, Elvis, Elvis Presley. And I'm borrowing this from an article in The Federalist. But imagine Elvis without his beautiful rendition of many of the black gospel songs that he sang throughout his career and the influence even that it had for his uh, musicianship, if you will, and, and what he was able to do with that. And we have to understand that at the time, Elvis was Mr. Popular. There wasn't a soul that uh, didn't like Elvis. And, and if they said that, well, they were taken out back. But, but the point is... This is just one small example. Ella Fitzgerald is another example of of studying her music career. You can see different elements where she changed her style to fit what the culture wanted. And so it's important to understand that we're not simply saying theft as a means of of robbing somebody of their opportunity because you're taking it from them we're saying it as a means of being successful we're saying it as a means of growing after all you could look at culture what is culture let's let's define that is it uh, is it unique to white culture black culture well what if you have american culture what if you have western civilization as a culture are we really supposed to think that everybody is 100 the same and everything they cook everything they watch the type of music they listen to the way they raise their kids no of course not cultural culture is the idea that there are some foundational elements of our society and and you bring what's unique to you to the forefront but if you're going to bring something to the table that's awesome You can't get mad at somebody because they want to use it and they want to be a part of it. It's the ultimate compliment. If somebody sees something that you're doing, somebody loves your music style, somebody loves the kind of food you create, somebody loves the style of dress that you're in and says, I want to mimic that. What is the expression? Uh, Mimicry is the most sincere form of flattery. Well, we've taken that and we've thrown that out for the sake of what? Saying that somebody's robbing from our culture? Here's an example that was found uh, in Portland uh, this week. A Portland burrito shop uh, is forced to close after getting hounded for stealing from Mexico. This was the tagline in Heat Street, a local Portland news organization. And, uh, and it was a couple young ladies that went on a trip to Mexico and and loved the food and and if you've ever been on a vacation one of the best things about that vacation is the food And what do we all say when we get back? Oh the whether you're going to Mexico. Oh the Mexican uh, Restaurants back home. They don't have food nearly as good as this Oh the you know, if you go overseas to Europe and and places like Italy Oh the Italian food back home is nothing like this. Why because it's authentic. It's great. It's real. We love it We want it here. We can't find it man. That really makes us upset so these couple of ladies went down to Mexico and, uh, and their words, in an interview they had where they picked the brains of some of the local tortilla ladies uh, so they could bring that back and offer it to the residents who uh, for all intents and purposes, might not have ever had an authentic Mexican dish before. And so what a, what a great way to share a culture than to say, hey, I know uh, you ladies down in Mexico can't just hop on a plane and come to Portland and share your delicious tortillas. So let's go back and create some of these and, and see if we can't share the flavors of Mexico. And, and I want to quote this for you because I think it's it's important to really understand the vitriol uh, surrounding some of the sentiment of what cultural appropriation is. And this is a, this is a woman who wrote on a, on a Facebook comment, Uh, Now that you all boldly and pretty effing unapologetically stole the basis of these women's livelihoods, you can make their exact same product so other white people don't have to be inconvenienced dealing with a pesky brown middle woman getting in their way. Now really sit back and think about that comment there. It, it was more than just the possibility of some theft of a culture. I mean there was definitely some racial undertones there, no surprise we're dealing with that in our nation full force. But think about the boldness this this commenter has on these women who are just coming back trying to spread this flavor. The shop, this this burrito shop, is now uh shut down, no longer up anymore. And and all because of the idea of what cultural appropriation is. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk. Let's really break that down and compare it to other axioms or sayings that we hear in society. And I think the most notable one is the idea of the melting pot. Uh, that, that 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 America is this melting pot of ideas, of culture, of of different races, um, and and. I'm, I'm fearing that we're starting to look more like a salad, like a tossed salad than we are a melting pot. And follow me on this. Melting pot means that whatever you're adding to the mix, you're creating a new, whatever comes from that, after you turn up the heat, you mix it all together, the, the new flavor, that new product is different. Is it a similar element to what was before? Of course it was. If you are making a, we'll use the most basic example, a melting pot of chocolate, you might throw in some semi-sweet morsels. You might throw in some white chocolate. You might throw in some caramel. And that's going to create a very rich flavor of that chocolate. Arguably, once we find some new flavor, somebody comes back from a different part of the grocery store with a kind of cocoa bean we've never had. Yeah, let's throw that in there and let's mix it up and see what we can create. Arguably, it's going to be better. It is still going to have its chocolate consistency. We don't want to throw a, a ball of cheese into the chocolate pot. That wouldn't be right. You have to have some of those same uh, ingredients, those, that, that list of ingredients that make America great, uh, liberty, self-government, that personal responsibility, that idea. Obviously, we reject ideas that are too contrary to those. But if we are a melting pot, then cultural appropriation is the antithesis of what we're trying to create with a melting pot society. So I say tossed salad, Uh, I I use that analogy here because what I fear is that too many people are getting on this multiculturalism bandwagon. And what they're saying by that is I should get to do everything I want in my own community and I shouldn't have to integrate. Really what they're saying is I shouldn't have to uh, diversify and make a community more diverse because I'm going to stick to my own uh, community, stick to my own group of people and dictate to others what they're allowed to do based on things as simple as this woman commenting on this burrito stand in Portland based on the color of someone's skin. You're not from Mexico. You're not brown. You can't make authentic delicious tortillas for other people to enjoy. Think of the absurdity of that. Are we a nation that is going to succumb to the idea that because your great-grandmother didn't invent the recipe, you can't ever create it? If that's the case, there are hundreds of flavors in the United States that would have never been brought together because we would have dared not bridge a gap between two cultures. I hope uh, many of you, especially if you're down South, I hope you enjoy those chips and salsa in many of the restaurants that come standard, even in not-so-Mexican restaurants, because that is a culture that we have seen, and we enjoy that, and so we are adopting it into our own. Now, many people would argue that chips and salsa at the table is as American as a good old cheeseburger and fries. It's uh, it's If you don't have it, something's wrong with the restaurant. So... So I'm hoping you take from this, patriots, the the understanding that if we want that melting pot, if we want the best that every culture can provide to make something unique and bold in America, and if we want to ever get past this idea that, that our different cultures are under attack with one another, we've got to get past this cultural appropriation nightmare. We've got to understand that borrowing from cultures to enhance the culture that you live in that exists in your country is a great thing. That is how cultures adapt and survive by working together, by finding those elements, by building each other up so that when you look at something, you're not looking at a whole bunch of different ingredients all in one dish, but you are looking at one central component that makes America what it is. And that, my friends, is what I'm fearing our country is becoming. And now, unfortunately, we have to talk about something that is just devastating in our country, in our in our global community, rather. It's one thing to talk about issues, and, and boy, do we love doing that, talking about the issues that matter. But we just had an attack on children in Manchester by um, ISIS, by Islamic terrorists. They are claiming responsibility for the attack. And... This merits a special kind of conversation, because now the bad guys, the cowards are going after kids. You know, it's one thing to recklessly drive your car in, in France, I know this happened some time ago, and, um, and in Germany and, and in all these European countries, this kind of thing is happening where it seems like a target isn't somebody specified uh, in particular. Uh, of course there are a few cases where that occurs but but largely it's just maximum amount of of terror and destruction for people but then you have an attack like this at a concert by a young woman Ariana Grande who is whose audience is young people and and I'm not going to read quotes from the different articles and news organizations that, that have put out information. But if you want to feel sick to your stomach, go read some of what these parents were saying as they were waiting to confirm whether or not their eight year old girl was going to get to come home. Now, the first thing that's going to happen after the, the dust barely has time to settle is we're going to hear a lot of talk about those who make this about Islam are the real enemy and they're the bigots and they're the Islamophobic um, uh, just intolerant people who, who just claim to try and use religion, then fine, let's not make it about Islam. Let's make it about terrorism. Now, if you want to cut me off from talking about terrorism, then you have to live in a world where you pretend that terrorism doesn't exist. Well, we know it exists because right now our death toll is at 22 young people that are dead because of an act of cowardice, because of a suicide bomber. So there's a there's a meme circulating on the internet right now and I know describing memes in an audio format is not the most advantageous way to get the point, of cro- uh, point across, but it talks about the emergency plan in case of a terrorist attack. It's a nine-step plan. Step one, tearful cartoon. And in this particular case, it's two individuals being wrapped up in a uh, flag of, of the native country and it, and it looks very sad, but it looks like we're coming together. Boy, we're coming together. Number two, a Facebook filter. We're going to put, you know, I'm with France. And and now in this case, I'm with Manchester. Stand with Manchester. Our hearts go out to Manchester. You name the catchy little saying at the bottom, but there's a Facebook filter. Then we're going to see a lot of number three, crying on TV. Everybody's going to cry. Everybody's going to weep for this. Everybody's going to utter the phrase, I just don't understand how something like this could happen. Then number four uh, on this meme is lighting up buildings. We're gonna light up buildings in the colors of the of the home country to show our solidarity with the people who were attacked. Then number five, we'll see plenty of candlelight vigils. And now is when the the meme kind of uh, uh, goes off the path and talks about how, well, we're still gonna bring in more refugees. Those who might raise a flag and say, shouldn't we just pause and work this out for a minute? will be called bigots. Uh, And then, unfortunately, the last two steps are number eight, wait for the next attack, and number nine, repeat. Now, let's talk about this, because this is one of those things that really aggravates me, because, of course, we live in a society now where if you provide an alternate viewpoint from what the mainstream says to do, you're automatically a bigot. It can't possibly be that you have a good idea. It means that you are intolerant, and you are a racist, and you are an Islamophobe. But I want to talk about this and say, as the events unfold from this uh, set of circumstances, if the the experts, if you will, if the national security advisors to the president and of independent agencies all come out and say, you know what, actually... Trump's refugee ban, President Trump's refugee ban would have prevented this, or it would have stopped this, or at least it would have raised awareness to what is going on. Do we see that as something that would justify this? Does anybody think that because we might have said would you would you want to go up to anybody in Manchester right now and say, okay, well, let me ask you a question. If I could take back this terrible event from happening, but it means that a few people who wanted to come to this country would have had. to have waited an extra three to four months to make sure that they were cleared with a background check, do you think the people of Manchester would be fundamentally upset with the violation that would have occurred to those people? Or do you think they would have gladly said, yes, I'm willing to wait because the price is too steep to let these kinds of things keep going? I refuse to live in a society where this becomes the new normal this shouldn't be the normal for anybody think about what we're saying here well just hope your kid doesn't go to a concert that's going to be attacked and all the people in the united states now who are saying well pretty soon it'll be coming to our shores are we powerless at this is this something that we just have to accept because i'm pretty sure this country has faced insurmountable odds throughout our 240 year history To be defeated by a bunch of, and I'm kind of being uh, tongue-in-cheek here, but for a very, very small percentage of one particular community. It sounds to me like this is something that we should have in the bag. We should be able to take care of this before dinner time and go home to our families instead of having to worry about, about terror attacks that will claim their lives. As, uh, as we all know, President Trump has been overseas talking to the Arab world and one of his central messages is drive them out, them being the, the cancer on the religion of Islam. And, and for the record, let me say right now, I am not saying that every member of the Islamic faith or that Islam as a whole is, is a bad, evil religion. But I am saying that if these attacks are becoming so frequent that we're starting to talk about them as the new normal then we have to recognize that there is a problem. And so when president Trump is overseas saying we've got to drive, uh, this, this element out, we have to make sure that we are, uh, that it, that it's the responsible, the, the moderate group of Muslims are driving them out. And, And he was very clear, drive them out of your places of worship, drive them out of your communities, drive them out of your homes, drive them out of your country. What is wrong with that message? If we separate foreign and domestic policy, because I know those are two incredibly big deals and we can get bogged down in the weeds of of all of them, but we're talking about foreign policy right now. And Trump is still getting a lot of hate for what he's going over there and saying. And I challenge you, if you've heard, oh, everybody's going over there and saying he's a, a national embarrassment, go listen to what he's saying. Because if you don't want to make this a new normal, if you don't want Manchester to become Dallas, Texas then listen to what he's saying and listen to see if it's a good idea. Take your loved ones. Always think about if this policy enacted somehow impacts my family, is it a good policy? That's what every patriot should think. And yes, if there are policies that could be put in place that would protect my children and your children, those are the policies I'm going to want to enact. So, so yes, the patriot campaign absolutely is is and is deeply saddened by the attack in Manchester. But the Patriot campaign does not want, we do not want this to be just another attack that we throw on our Facebook filters, that we say some kind words to one another, that around the water cooler at work we say, oh, I just can't believe it happened here. And I hope it doesn't ever happen here. Well, we have the power to do something about that, and it's time we do. We've got to educate ourselves. That's what the Patriot campaign is all about. It's having these real conversations and doing something about it. So I urge you, if you're listening to this right now and you think what Trump is doing is a good idea, if nothing else, call your congressman, call your representative, call the White House. Even if you get a a voicemail, just leave a message saying, thank you for trying to keep our country safe in in a world that seems to be dominated by terror. When we start doing that and when we start saying we've had enough with that, then can we go back to the normal where Islamic extremism happens once every three decades and we don't have to worry about it as often as we do today. And to those who would say... Things like, well, it's it's not happening to me. It's not impacting me or my community. That's a pretty poor excuse for getting involved and understanding what's going on. And I'll bring this very close to home example. We're in the North Texas area. This is Denton County Sheriff on the Manchester attack. This is Tra- Tracy Murphy. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I'm going to read you a little bit of what he said. Quote, pay attention to what you see in Manchester, England tonight. Pay attention to what is happening in Europe. And and first, let's break. (laughs) That's not bad advice. We understand before we read further what his intentions are and what they're going to say. He's obviously pretty heated. But who among us would say that that's bad advice to understand what's going on? When you open your borders without the proper vetting, When you allow political correctness to dictate how you respond to an enemy that wants to kill you. When you allow these radicals to travel to Afghanistan and Iran and simply let them back in. Now, what part of that did he say all Muslims are bad? Did he say uh, anybody who subscribes to the Islamic faith is a terrorist? At what point did he even salt the Prophet Muhammad? He didn't. He's simply bringing up an idea that, hey, the political correctness we've gotten ourselves into, the improper vetting of people coming to our country, uh, there's a problem now. Who can argue with him? But he has been taken to the woodshed for these comments. Now, mind you, this is a law enforcement officer. This is somebody charged with protecting the people of the community he serves. And so he says, pay attention to what's happening. If a police officer came up to me and said, there's been a report of something happening. Pay attention to what's going on in your neighborhood. Imagine me biting the head off of the police officer. Imagine me getting so upset with the police officer and starting to assume some things he said about the, the black neighbors down the street or the Hispanics that just moved in next door. If I just boom, immediately brought that up, even when he didn't say it, it doesn't matter today. It matters what the person that you say something to, whatever they feel your intention was, that's what we govern under. So I don't like your tone with that. You shouldn't get to talk like that out loud. So boom, now people are asking for his job. He's he's being threatened in his job. And and by the way, I would not threaten a law enforcement officer uh, of all the people that you could threaten. But he's he's being uh, uh, targeted as somebody who hates for simply responding in a in much the same manner that that Governor Abbott tweeted recently. Uh, tomorrow he he said, and I'm quoting here: "Tonight we are all Britons. Tomorrow we will unite to eradicate terrorism." Oh, but he used the word eradicate. Yeah, that's what we want to do with terrorism. That's the easiest thing we can do. So. I'm hoping this provides just the most basic example of how something could happen thousands of miles away in a different country in an area flown uh, that flies a different flag but it will impact you and your daily life no matter what. So we can keep our heads buried in the sand or we can do what this sheriff is saying and we can do what I've been saying and that is pay attention to what's going on and let's see if we can take this kind of activity, this kind of of event and we can... We can alter course maybe today as we start our 180 degree turn in the opposite direction so again our new normal doesn't have to be wrought with islamic terror